Welcome to Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host Sal Dietry. Sal, you excited about tonight's guest? Ed, tonight we continue this amazing month dedicated to our military here on Grace and 30. Tonight, a focus on moms in the military and a very special organization that helps provide housing to veterans who are disabled while serving our nation. Our guest tonight, Samantha Christopher, talk about uh, an amazing mom, an awesome young woman. She served two tours of duty in Afghanistan at the same time as her now husband, Benjamin, both of them injured in IED attacks and both awarded Purple Hearts. After returning home, getting married, and starting a family, they came across Purple Heart Homes as they searched for a place to call their own. The help that Purple Heart Homes provided to Sam and Benjamin had such an impact that Sam now joins them as a board member and is committed to the work of veterans helping veterans. Sam joins us to talk about her experiences in Afghanistan, being a mom in the Marines, and her work with Purple Heart Homes. Sam, welcome to Grace in 30. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Sam, great to have you. Um, when we talked on the phone, uh, the thing that struck me right out of the gate was the constant threat and pressure that you faced uh, during your deployments in Afghanistan. Why don't you spend a little little time telling us about that? My husband and I, we served two tours in Afghanistan. The first one is in 2011, and the second was in 2013. You know, the first tour, uh, we, we, came, we came home with very minimal injuries. Um, you know, I took a few blows to the head. I was in a vehicle rollover, um, my very first mission, and I had a tailgate dropped on my head. So, <laughs> and uh, after that, you know, we we came back, and my husband, who at the time was just my my friend and my competition, you know, we we hated each other when we first first met each other. We were always fighting for the next rank, and. You know, we, we stayed in the same unit, and then we worked up for another another deployment in 2013. So, and that's that's when we, we kind of took turns getting injured out there. Out of the, the five IEDs that my unit hit, um, my husband and I hit three of those. And my husband hit two, and I hit one. And starting in March, you know, we, we took turns going back and forth every month. How did that, that bring you two together? I mean, just, just the concern, the just... just dwelling on that i mean what, what did that mean for your relationship as the two of you were you know dealing with this you know three of the five ieds it, it was it's hard it's a it sometimes it's a perfect storm i mean you have you have your your other half that knows exactly what you're going through and they're your support you know sometimes we have days where we're both going through the same issues and you know it, it's been working for us rather than against us thank god so you know it's it's definitely it's a blessing i'm lucky to have them so as you guys got to know each other more and more you went from competition to sort of becoming friends and then i guess sort of falling in love and you mentioned at one point when we talked that you made a pact that if you both survived uh your tours that you would get married when you got home absolutely yeah we we said if, if we if we come home alive we're we're definitely going to get married and you know, it wasn't in August of 2013 when we came home that we got married. And then, um, you know, we planned a big wedding in Wisconsin 10 months later. And in between then, I got pregnant with my first child. 
and um, it, it, that was a, a blessing that came early. But nonetheless, he's a he's a bundle of joy. He's two years old now. <laughs> That's great. So, so tell us, you mentioned about 150 missions outside the box where you would kind of go out and, and be subject to these sort of attacks. What did that do to you, you know, to your psyche? Uh, you, you mentioned you were, it got redundant. You get complacent, you put your guard down, and that's kind of dangerous when you're in that setting, right? Absolutely. And, I mean, combined between the two of us and between, you know, two deployments, you know, we went probably close to 150 missions outside the wire, and, you know, it, it is hard to not get complacent and just to stay, remain vigilant and on guard at all times. And that does take a toll on not on your body physically, but emotionally, you know, you're always on guard. And that kind of trickles over when you come home, you kind of remain on guard at all times. And it's hard, like I said, it's hard not to get complacent. And that's probably one of the biggest battles we as Marines face out there. You said at one point the enemy drove a 1,000-pound IED into the base. Is that correct? Yes. That was um, after my husband hit two IEDs, and I hit one. And then the third to last month we were there, we were we went to a base, and they drove a 1,000-pound vehicle-borne IED right into the, the small um, base we were at. And there was about 70 casualties in hmm. a matter of seconds. And... Uh, you know, a lot of my Marines were injured then. Luckily, every, everybody um, everybody came home, but we, we had to carry a lot of the injured to the helicopters that were just dropping. It seemed like round trips nonstop until everybody got taken out of there safely. That sounds like a, a maddening scene. Um, you mentioned helicopters flying in and out and just 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 awful. That was not Camp Leatherneck, correct? No, that was not. We were we were um, we were stationed out of Camp Leatherneck. So you survive all of that, which is is a blessing in of itself. You you return home in August 2013. You got married. You started a family, and you were living with your in laws, like like a lot of young couples would. And tell us about your search for a home and how you discovered Purple Heart Homes. Okay. Well, when uh, when I got off active duty, actually, my husband was still on orders. Um, for about another eight months. So, you know, I remained in Camp Lejeune with him, and we rented a home, and it was just a small duplex. And I, I went to school, meanwhile, um, to become a certified nursing assistant to get that certification. And I I actually joined the reserves shortly right after I got out uh, off of active duty. And, you know, when my husband got off of active duty in June of 2014, we moved to Bessemer City, where his parents um, live, and um, our plan was to, you know, have have about four years there while we finish college, earn bachelor's degrees, and you know, it, as our family grew, you know, we have an, a little a little baby, and you know, two adult families living in one home. It, we quickly realized we needed a space of our own, so we we did a search online and we found a home that sparked our interest in. You know, below on the the website it said uh, Purple Heart Homes. Um, you know, so we gave we gave them a call. We called the number, and you know, we didn't we didn't know anything about Purple Heart Homes. This was you know three years ago, and you know it it has been. <laughs> I like to say you know the rest is history because 
you know, from then on, they were there with us every step of the way. You know, we're a new couple. We didn't know what a mortgage was. We had we had no idea uh, what we were getting into. But, you know, luckily, Purple Heart Homes, they, they helped us every step of the way, and they gave us what I thought was awesome, which is a mission-complete ceremony. When our house was finished, you know, they, they were donated a home through Bank of America, and the home uh, was renovated by Purple Heart Homes um, to be suitable for us in our disabilities and our needs. So when the home was completed, they got the community together. They got the community involved. They got the news, you know, got the got the word out there that, hey, there's a veteran, disabled veteran coming home, a couple, both Purple Heart recipients came home from Afghanistan. We're going to get together and welcome them in the community and give them a proper welcome home. So they did that for us, and that was such an emotional experience that it really made us feel like, you know, we were accepted back into the community, and um, it, it helped us up to that next step in our lives. You know, I just, as, I, as I'm listening to you, Sam, I, I just think of you, so you guys are so young, a young couple with a baby, and how we often see that, and, and communities are so happy, you know, when you see some, because I'm getting old, I, I love <laughs> seeing young couples with babies. <laughs> you look old. Yeah, with babies on, the, uh, on our street, and you know, a, a community would come together to support you both, and yet you've gone so through so much as young, I don't want to call you kids, but 20-somethings. I mean, just, just the experience of battle and these injuries and these traumas and dealing with having to deal with helping other Marines and doing all that at such a young age, I mean, is incredible. I, it's just wonderful what Purple Heart Homes does for you and for other young couples but also older older folks who are vets who you know need some help around their house to to stay in their house or to stay in their home or to keep their mortgage and it's just a wonderful wonderful story yeah i maybe that's a great segue into telling us about you know who purple heart homes is who founded the organization what do you guys specifically do give us some background absolutely i would love to so purple heart homes was founded by two veterans john galena and dale Beatty. And, you know, we're founded by veterans, and we're for veterans. And, you know, Purple Heart Homes helps veterans from, you know, 99-year-old World War II vets to 19-year-old Marines coming home that have served in um, Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom. It's not just, hey, here's a home, you know, have a nice life. It's a, you you get a family when, when you are helped by Purple Heart Homes, you know, they have uh, a few programs called the Veterans Home Ownership Program, which was what my husband and I were recipients of. We received a home and were given a mortgage at 50% off of the market value of that home. Wow. And, and then they also have, you know, if you're, if you're a veteran aging in place and you're in your own home, Purple Heart Homes can come in and build a wheelchair ramp for you or come in and widen doorways and making your living quarters more accessible for you and your disabilities and they're they're a real great organization you know they've they've completed 235 plus projects across 32 different states you know to include denver north carolina florida ohio you know and their motto is you know how are you connected you know every one of us is connected to veterans and it's it's not you know if you haven't served yourself you can become part of purple heart homes and Start your own chapter in your community if there's not, you know, community involvement with different charities like these. 
So they're, they're a great organization. Now, Sam, you're on the board. Are there any uh, particular stories or folks that you've come in contact with that you'd like to share, maybe a, a veteran that you've seen help that really stuck with you over the past uh, little bit of time you've been with them? I'm new as a board member, but just the other day we, we went out to Denver and there was a couple that were recipients of a home that, you know, they have small children just like us, and, I, and they were both veterans, so I quickly identified with them. And they're, they're just great people. We come across so many wonderful veterans and different families, and they just become part of our family. And just like when I had my, my own personal Mission Complete ceremony, um, other Purple Heart Home recipients uh, came to our Mission Complete. So I try to, you know, pass that on and also give them a hand up like they gave me. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. You know, there's so much divisiveness political, you know, divisiveness in our country. And yet one of the reasons I love focusing on the military this month is our military. So faithful, so compassionate, so loyal to the values of this country. And you and your husband, you know, young young with that family, there you are serving others as as just the soul of our military. And, and I, I just I cannot thank you enough for what you're doing, but also for sharing your story with us. Look, you're part of our Mother's Day uh, weekend show coming up as well. This will this will re-air on uh, Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Mother's Day. Um, let's spend a little bit of time talking about what it's like to be a mom in the military and some of the unique challenges moms face and, you know, the gifts that they bring to these military families, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, you've seen a lot with other soldiers, uh, you know, Skyping their kids, and, and, you know, you're a mom in the reserves now. That is definitely a different beast of being an active duty service member and constantly having to be away from your children. And, you know, that, you know, for me, I, I wasn't a mom when I was on active duty, but I saw many mothers that were away from their children. And I, you know, I, I feel that now and it's, it is, it is very hard. So if there are, you know, you have, you know, military moms that are currently serving and you have, you have a way to help them, you know, send a meal every once in a while, help out as best as you can, because it is hard being away from your children, especially if you're the mom that's, you know, running the home, doing the, the grocery shopping and paying the bills. It's, it's, it's a hard life to juggle and balance. Yeah, you know, you bring a good point. If communities would start like a Facebook page or something or some kind of a list where, you know, because here in Washington, you know, here in Arlington County, we have... Uh, you know, uh, Fort McNair, we have um, uh, Joint Base Henderson, we have a number of these that that are right here around us, and yet, you know, we don't necessarily know if you wanted to, you know, who some of the moms are, and that, you know, even if we dropped it off at the base, a meal or something, some kind cards, something to help lift people's spirits. I know I've uh, coached a number of kids whose, whose fathers and mothers were deployed, and, and you sort of come across these folks but but there's no real sort of organized way, I think, to kind of get the word out. I, I know people would be most happy to do that. You have a great idea there. Maybe that's something to, to consider. That's a great idea. You mentioned when we spoke that uh, you felt that uh, there's no better Marine than a mom who is a Marine. <laughs> and I wanted you to explain what you meant by that. Moms are tough. <laughs> Look, yeah. my mom was nice, but, you know, she had the wooden spoon growing up and, and the broom. You know, when we... When she got slower and we got faster and more kids, you know, Adam, the six to seven, she, she went from the spoon to the broom. You know, she chases around the house with a broom. I could see a mom being the toughest Marine. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I did not know what that was like until, you know, it, it happened to me. And, you know, being a Marine, 
and not a mom is completely different than being a mom and a Marine. I see the change in myself from even just being as a reservist. My Marines are my, feel like they're my kids. I take ownership of them. I am very protective of my Marines, and I think that's something that I gained from being a mom myself. And I, I have great role models that, and moms that I look up to. Uh, for example, Staff Sergeant Hunt and Gunnery Sergeant Walker. They are both mothers. They're both staff non-commissioned officers in the Marine Corps, have multiple children, and I, my hats are off to them because they just they succeed and they get the job done, and they, they're also there for me. And they, you know, they take time out of their day to call me between drills to see how I'm doing and make sure things are going okay on my home front. You know, I always find time to, you know, sort of connect with them and talk to them during busy drill weekends, and I can't thank them enough, and they've really showed me how to balance between being a mom and being a Marine. Yeah, when you told me about uh, the staff sergeant calling you, and this is just a good manager. <laughs> you know, people <laughs> don't do these things. It's, it's it's amazing, and these little things mean so much to people. You know, to get a phone call and have someone consistently check in on you. So that's really nice to hear. I, I'd like to hear a little bit about your kids. I'm, uh, you have two children now, right? Yes. And how, how do they view you, mom being a marine, and and what are the highs and the lows of of mom being a marine for them? Yes, my, my six-year-old daughter, technically stepdaughter, but, you know, she I treat her like she's my own. And my two-year-old son, both of them, they they know what the Marine Corps is. They know they know what American flag is. You know, they, they're very patriotic. They, they point out the Marine Corps flag and the American flag all the time. They love the Marine Corps. You know, my six-year-old says all the time, I want to I be a Marine one day. I want to grow up and I want to do the Marine Corps just like you, Mama. And then when I when I tell them I have to go away for two weeks, and then it's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to join the Marine Corps, Mama. I don't want you to go. And that's really heartbreaking. But I, you know, I try to explain to them as best as I can. They're very young that, you know, Mama has a duty, and I chose to still serve my country because I love my country, and I want to help keep them safe and everybody else safe in it. And you know, breaking it down like that for them, they kind of get it, but they're they're children and they want their mom here all the time. And I, I get sad when I think about everything I'm going to miss. Um, thank God it's only two weeks. I I can't imagine being gone on the deployment for months at a time, like some of my other fellow Marines and fellow service members had had to leave their children behind with, you know, grandparents and loved ones to go and serve their country. And speaking of moms, you know, funny when you told us about your mom and her reaction, your mom and dad, when you said you were going to join the Marines. Give us, give us <laughs> a little backdrop on that. Yes. Well, like, like I was telling you guys earlier, I was not the typical Marine. If you were to see me eight years ago, you would think that would be the, the last thing on my mind I would chose to, chose to do for, for a career. But I, was, uh, I modeled a lot. I modeled uh, a little bit for Harley-Davidson out of Milwaukee and uh, loved makeup and designer clothes and shoes and the whole nine. And I was going to school uh, to be a police officer. I was in a technical college, and I really wasn't focused and committed to what I was doing because I I just kind of felt in my heart that there was something more out there for me. And I had a 
meeting with the the head of the department, and he had all this Marine Corps stuff in his office. And I got to asking him about it, and the next thing I knew, I was on the phone with the recruiter. And then I was driving over to the recruiter's office, and they talked to me. And about two weeks later, I made the decision that I was going to raise my right hand and join enlisted uh, active duty because I kind of had it in my mind that I might do the reserves. But once he said that you would have to wait longer, I said, no, I'm going to go hold, go ahead and go active. And I'm so glad that I did that. And when I told my parents, uh, my mom did not take it well and headed to my dad. Um, it took my mom about two weeks to come around, but she is very proud of me. And so is my dad. They, they're my biggest supporters, my biggest cheerleaders. So, and I understand, um, being a parent now myself, what that must feel like, knowing that your child is going to go serve the country and possibly go to war um, in a time like this. So I understand the concern, but they're they're my biggest supporters. Did they share with you their, you know, what it was like when you were overseas for months at a time? I mean, were they? Did you get a chance to Skype with them and? Were they really worried? Did they share certain things with you when you returned that they didn't tell you while you were away? Yes. Um, you know, a few things that my mom wanted to keep from me just so that I wouldn't be bothered out there. Um, and, you know, I got to talk to my mom and dad on the phone, you know, a, a good amount, a, you know, good enough. But I, I really had a hard time telling my mom that, that I was uh, in an IED blast. I actually, um, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I got on the phone, and then I kind of choked up. I couldn't get the words out, so I had to hand the phone over to my husband um, and tell him, <laughs> you need to tell her. So once I once I got, you know, I composed myself, I, w- I was able to talk about it, and I know that probably made her even more worried sick than she was, but it was good that she could hear my voice, and she didn't. I think that put her at ease a little bit more. So let's spend just a couple minutes talking about the role that your faith, or really it was a burgeoning faith, uh, played in over the last many years. Um, what has that meant to you, uh, especially most recently? Before I joined the Marine Corps, I really, I wasn't brought up in a home where we went to church every Sunday, and, you know, it was, um, you know, my mom's dad was a Baptist minister, and she was grown. She was raised in that sort of family, and you know, I, my mom always told me, you know, there is God, and you know, we believe in God, but you know, extent of picking up the Bible and reading it and really getting into the Word, that wasn't instilled in me until I joined the Marine Corps and I met my husband, and I met his family, and you know, his his daddy was a preacher, um, Baptist as well, growing up. So he went to church all the time, and he was the type of type of boy at you know at eight years old would bring his Bible to school and read his Bible, and it was so infectious that other kids started bringing their Bible to school and reading their Bibles and getting in the Word, and I loved that about him, and that really inspired me to really pick up the Bible and get into my faith and kind of not you know stop talking about it and be about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm not perfect, and there's still so much that I don't know that I'm ready and willing to learn. And I've had spiritual guiders along the way, like my sister-in-law. I can call her up, sister-in-law Stephanie and brother-in-law Richard. I can call them up, and they just they speak the word. And 
you know, that that's really, it grounds me. It gives me strength. And, you know, there there's others, like my friend Sarah, that will, she'll bring me to her church and kind of help me find a church that best fits me and the family. And we can really raise our children up in the faith. And that's what we, my husband and I want to do. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, really, this, this Ed, it, it reminds me when I was a kid, you know, my father would go away in the summers to do training. He was a master sergeant, and then he was in the National Guard after he got out of the military, and he was always gone for my birthday, and these guys would come by and literally bring me a present, say, hey, dad's at uh, AP Hill in Virginia, and here's something he wanted to give you. And how tightly knit these military families are and it's it's just the core of their values that in today's world where we're so busy, we don't know our neighbors, we don't do these things, this is instilled in people. is their faith, their family, their service, and they, they just carry it with them. It's it's part of their DNA. Yeah, community is, is so utterly important. So when I hear you talking about your, your, your sister-in-law and her husband and all that, and that you have this relationship, that's fantastic. I, I cheer that on. We got a few minutes, and I want to make sure you drill down. We ask our guests to issue a call to action to listeners, or two or three, whatever they're, they're moved to do. But I, I want to make sure you, you certainly talk about your fellow servicemen and, and people that are hurting when they come home, suffering from PTSD and you know the tragedy of servicemen suicides. And so spend a little time, two and a half or so minutes, talking about that and, and issuing some challenges to our listeners, what they can do to help. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my greatest passions in life, and I feel like I've been called by God to do, is to help veterans that are struggling with PTSD. Um, My husband and I both struggle with PTSD, and it is probably going to be a lifelong challenge, and we understand and accept that. But my my call to action is for, for everybody out there that are connected with veterans in any way, and you know of a veteran that is struggling. It may not be something that they come out and say outright, but you can tell the signs of someone that might be hurting, might be dealing with something internally, and they can't really talk about it. Offer your ear. Be a support system for them. And, you know, if it takes a little bit of pushing, that's what it takes, because there's too many men and women today that take their own lives and lose the battle with PTSD, and we can do something about it. Yeah, the statistics are pretty significant. I mean, this is this is affecting a lot of people coming home, and the suicide rate is, is alarmingly high. So I'm, I'm assuming this is something that really has moved you. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm going to school for right now. And, you know, be, to become a clinical psychologist and work for the VA and every day be able to impact veterans and let them know that, hey, you have somebody here you know, yes, I've gone to school and I've earned this degree, but I have been there. I have been in combat. You know, it might not be as significant as the person I may be speaking with, but I can be that person that knows, hey, I've been their brother. Hey, you're a mom. I think you're going to be a natural <laughs> for this. <laughs> so, so what about Purple Heart Homes? Well, we've got about 40 seconds. What can listeners do to assist them and get involved and find out more about them? Yes, Purple Heart Homes. You can check us out at the website. It's phhusa.org. You know, you can get involved, um, check out the monthly giving, become a Hearts of Honor member. The You can become a, start your own charity in your community. Um, you can volunteer, check out the website, and, you know, they're veterans helping veterans. Well, thanks, Sam. Look, we're going to have to wrap it up here. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to your husband, Benjamin, uh, for his service to our country. And uh, if your kids are listening, you, your mom and dad are amazing people. It is an honor to have had you on the show. Tune in next week. We're going to have Dale Beatty and John Galena on the show. Next week, we're going to get into a lot about Purple Heart Homes and, and some of the folks there. Ed, talk us out of this one. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Everybody have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace. <laughs>